Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. NBA draft is tonight, just hours away. And there is some intrigue, not just around the top couple of picks, but around what teams are going to make moves where. And we cover it all right now. It's Canty and Carlin in Fort Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. We go out right now to the phone lines and we welcome in Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider who joins us right now. Bobby, it's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty. Appreciate the time. We know it's busy. How you doing? I'm good, guys. How are you? We're doing great. Bobby, first of all, just as somebody that's been an executive in this league, what intrigues you the most about the draft tonight? Probably at number four, what Sacramento does. I think, I think we're going to probably hold form with the, the three bigs going at one, two, and three. I think, uh, I think what does Sacramento, I think Jay Nivey is certainly probably the best player after those group of th- three players. Um, do they go guard again? This would be the third year in a row based with uh, Halbert and Mitchell and now uh, Ivy. Uh, he didn't report to Sacramento to, to, to work out for him. They don't have his medical information. Uh, he didn't interview. Um, so there's a little bit of an intrigue there as far as the Sacramento move out of four. Uh, maybe they move back in the draft. Um, so I think that's probably, for me right now, that's probably the most intriguing thing is if they stand pat and just take the best available player and then just figure out how to, how to make it work with, uh, with those two other guards. Bobby, looking at the top of the draft, the Orlando Magic have the number one overall pick, and a lot of people in NBA circles are saying that that will most likely be Jabari Smith, yet Caesars Sportsbook has Paolo Bancaro, the forward <laughs> from Duke, at minus 200 to be the number one overall pick. Take me through what the discussions are like right now in the Orlando Magic war room and debating, potentially debating those two prospects being the number one overall pick tonight. Yeah, I, I think there's probably still a discussion, but I think there's still there's a strong comfort level that it's, it's going to be, you know, Jabari Smith. I, you know, they've uh, I said last night they saw him up close and personal in Gainesville in February, one of his better games here. Um, he's best available. He's probably the from a fit standpoint here. So you, yeah, you're looking at you know certainly the three players with him, Holmgren, and, and Bonchero as far as from a skill level here, but I, I think probably the, the debate or the, the discussion um, as far as who's one, who's two, who's three is probably over by now, especially when you're, you know, what, 10 hours before before the draft here, and you're probably turning your focus more towards your second round where you have two, uh, two seconds, or maybe there, you know, there's an opportunity to get back into the first round. ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby Marks joins us. Bobby, which of those players – do you think has the highest ceiling or, or to phrase it a little bit differently, who's going to have the best career of those three? Well, I think Holmgren probably has the higher ceiling, but there's, you know, there's certainly a lot there just based on from a size standpoint, uh, from a strength, um, you know, can he, you know, handle the rigors of an 82 game season? I mean, he's got a seven, six wingspan, which is, you know, humongous here. And he blocks over three and a half sh- uh, shots. So the, the upside is there. I think, I think Smith right from day one could come in and, you know, give you 25, 30 minutes and, and, and be comparable to the, like the rookies we just saw this past year, you know, guys like Evan Mobley and, you know, Kate Cunningham in that group um, from a production standpoint. And Banchero is, you know, he's a, you know, shot creator. He could probably go to Houston right now and play uh, 25, 30 minutes. So I think 
I think from a from right now, I think it's probably Smith could come in and he'll probably will stand out more. But I think from an upside standpoint, it's probably going to be Holmgren. Bobby, the New York Knicks have not been shy about letting it be known that they would like to move up into the top five, ideally at number four to presumably take guard Jaden Ivey out of Purdue. Can you walk us through what a potential deal would look like between the Knicks and the Kings in order for New York to jump to that number four spot? Yeah, I think it's going to cost them. I mean, I, not just draft picks as far as, um, you know, they're, you know, moving, giving them, um, you know, the, the, you know, their 10th or 11th pick here, but in future picks here. I mean, this is a Sacramento team that hasn't made the playoffs since 2006. So I don't know how much draft capital means to them. And so if you're looking at, is it Emmanuel quickly? Is it Obi Toppin? Uh, certainly not R.J. Barrett, but it's going to cost you some of probably your younger players. And does that make sense if you're, if you're Sacramento? Is there going to be something better to kind of move back in the, in the draft here? But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the that's the price. It's it's probably going to be more focused on you know guys like quickly topping, uh, you know maybe Julius Randle if it, if there's a Harrison Barnes component to that, um, but yeah I, I think it would be more player centric and less you know draft capital. Bobby, what does this look like right now for the Kings? Is this just logistically? Are they still fielding calls in this situation, or do you have your deals in place based on the particular player? Uh, being available at the spot when you hit the clock? You're going to be fielding calls up until 820. <laughs> okay. You're going to be taking – and what happens is you just basically kind of like – you know, right now is like the appetizer. You have all your deals on your board, your whiteboard, your contingencies based off, you know, who's going where, um, what's the best available trade right now. Are you willing to wait and see maybe something better comes along? Is there a domino effect on another trade that, that happens here? So – yeah, I don't think you've, you've closed the door as far as moving off or keeping that pick. I mean, I think it just, I mean, I've been in rooms where, you know, we've made trades with, you know, two minutes left on the clock here. Bobby Marks is part of ESPN's NBA draft coverage tonight, beginning at 7.30. Malika Andrews, Kendrick Perkins, Jay Billis, Woj, Bobby, they have got it all for you covered from filler to pillar to post and on ESPN radio as well. Kesty has got the pregame. Alan Hahn hosting later on as well, leading up to the draft and the draft itself on ESPN radio. Bobby, let's get to what's going on in Brooklyn right now. Yeah. What do you make of this whole situation, especially from the front office perspective as somebody that has quite literally been there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could talk about contracts for Kyrie Irving and games played, but when you have probably the ultimate leverage card and Kevin Durant in your back pocket, I mean, that, that trumps everything, right? I mean, that's the reality of it here. And I think if you're Brooklyn, you would love to have Kyrie back on a two or two year contract or maybe even a longer, but, some bonuses tied into, you know, games played and him being on the court. But the one thing you don't want to do, and, you know, as Woj and Brian Windhorst have said, like, you don't want Kyrie Irving to walk away from this situation. And now you are looking at a, you know, a kept player in Kevin Durant who likely will not would want to be in Brooklyn here. So you've got to, you've got to walk the fine line here as far as what's, you know, you know, what's best for the organization, what's best for what's going to be on the court. Um, you know, this is a decision they made in 2019 when they elected to go out and sign both players. You know, it certainly um, it comes when you're signing all-star level players. It comes with a lot of other things besides what goes on the court here. And um, it will just be a matter of, you know, does Brooklyn, I, I don't want to say cave, but give them more than what they were willing to do to 
have Kevin Durant on this roster, and I think that's probably what you will probably see. Bobby, ideally the Brooklyn Nets want to hang on to Kevin Durant, but knowing that he signed a contract extension prior to this last season, how much leverage does KD actually have over this situation in terms of dictating what kind of deal Brooklyn doles out to Kyrie? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? So he signs this four-year deal. There's no player option in there at all. I mean, probably the only leverage would be to make it extremely uncomfortable for this organization if Irving isn't here. And he, I won't say publicly asks to be out, but makes it known that he does not want to be it. And it just becomes a, you know, a, a news story that hangs over this organization for a long, long time. Similar to what we saw with Carmelo Anthony back in 2010. So from a, from a leverage standpoint, no, he's not an, an expiring contract. But as you guys know, when a player wants out uh, and makes it known, it, it, it becomes a, a very uncomfortable situation for everyone. Bobby, switching gears and going back to the NBA draft, I wanted to ask you from your perspective, is there a player outside of the top five in this year's draft that has the potential to make an all-NBA team in his first five seasons in the league? Yeah, Shaden Sharp. And you're going to be like, wait a minute. We didn't even see him at Kentucky this past year. He didn't even play. But, oh, man, I think, you know, he's 6'5". Uh, he is a big guard, lower body, can shoot the heck out of it. Uh, his trainer, I said it last night, his trainer's name is Dwayne Washington, who works with Gildress Alexander and R.J. Barrett and, you know, all these Canadian players. And he's working with him and has said he's at a, a different level right now compared to where R.J. was at this stage of his career here and I think it will take a little bit of time but if you're asking me if, you know who's you know who's got the franchise level all-star type talent to get there I, I do think it would probably be Shaden Sharp last one for me it's Bobby Marks ESPN NBA front office insider do you anticipate this being a draft where we have a lot of movement among teams or will it be one of the quieter ones I think it might be one of the busiest ones and I just think because you know, free agency is a little bit more diluted now just because of lack of spending and more t- more players signing extensions here. And I think probably the big way to, to improve your roster besides the draft is going to be the trade market. So if you're in New York, you're probably not going to get that point guard in the draft. It's probably going to have to come in a trade, whether it be a guy like Malcolm Brogdon or clearing out cap space to, to you know go after Jalen Brunson. So I am anticipating it to be you know, really active just based on kind of what this free agent market is looking like. 7.30 tonight, ESPN, the NBA draft broadcast. It's Bobby, it's Woj, it's Malika Andrews, Kendrick Perkins, Jay Billis. They've got it all for you and on ESPN radio as well, beginning at 7. Bobby, thanks again. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Great perspective as always from Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider. I always wonder when we talk about what's going on here with Durant and with Kyrie, like who actually does someone like Kevin Durant listen to in this? If somebody can be the voice of reason and say, why are you continuing to back up this guy who has absolutely done nothing to pay you back in return? Well, his voice of reason is Kai. That's the problem. His voice of reason is Kyrie Irving. Like, you keep talking about Kevin Durant That's being like the That's like having pot. me be your nutritionist. That's, that's not just, what you're doing. But, but, Colin, you keep talking about KD being the Pod Piper, and that's not how it played out. Kyrie came to Brooklyn but, but and KD, KD wanted followed. to be that guy and was positioning himself as that guy. No, he's not. Listen, I'm telling you. This, this situation worked out because it came down to both New York teams, right? Mm-hmm. This is what it came down to both New York teams. 
The New York Knicks were saying, we'll take Kyrie Irving if it means getting Kevin Durant. The Brooklyn Nets said, give us Kyrie Irving, and even if we don't get Kevin Durant, it's okay. Ultimately, Kyrie was offended by what happened with New York, chose to come to offended what happened with the Knicks, chose to come to Brooklyn. KD followed him. So when we start talking about the Pod Piper and all of this, that is Kyrie Irving. I know it's that not Ky- Kevin Durant. And so when we say the voice of reason for KD, I'm not sure that exists. I, I understand that. But when you have gone out to do this on your own, which he wanted to do, yes. you have to be that guy. And I, I don't doubt for a second that Kyrie has been the alpha in this relationship. Not for one second. My point here is simply, why do you continue to let it happen? That's, that's amazing to me because he's about to ruin it for you. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for Grinny, Jabari Smith, Paolo Banquero, Chet Holmgren. Find out where they are going in this year's NBA draft presented by Credit Karma. Coverage begins tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and the ESPN app. Up next, more on this bizarre situation and more of your reaction. Should the Nets just tell everybody to go take a walk and start from the beginning? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Okai Agbaji. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Should the Nets just tell KD and tell Kyrie to take a walk? Super Rossidi is up next. On ESPN Radio, he's been patient. What's up, Super? Hey, what's going on, guys? This is the Super Rossi Day from Detroit, Michigan, and this is the Super Perspective. Okay. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? I am super, and you had to see that one coming. Most definitely, <laughs> I'm super. So uh, this is what it is. I am one million percent in the favor of Kyrie and KD. Here's the thing. Let's start from the beginning of the whole turmoil with the coronavirus. Okay, there was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of things going on. So if certain people handle it different ways, Kyrie happened to be a person that handled it his way. People have emotional breakdowns, this, that, or the other. So he is, how shall I say, 
justified in taking the time off that he needed emotionally at that time. At least the man hung in there. He hung in there, and he waited till that that mandate got dropped. Guess who didn't? James Harden. That's who we need to be really blaming right now. No. He didn't even hang in there. No. For, he didn't even hang in there for the rest no, of the season. I can't believe no. it. Kyrie actually yeah. turned. Here's the thing, Super, and thanks for the call. That was, you know, we might not have seen it coming, but I'm glad we're seeing it going because that was that call far. was not Super. No, it was not. <laughs> it was it was far from it. James Harden, and I can't believe that this is actually the case. Yes, do it. That's I, know you, actually, I know you don't want to do it. So I really do it. don't. Do it. James Harden has been turned into the voice of reason. Like, he was right to get away from this situation. I hate the way he did it. I can't root for James Harden, given everything that's gone on with him. But His team the, actually won a playoff series. Yes, in this spot, he had to get out of Dodge. And he did. It was the right thing to do because Kyrie Irving just simply cannot be trusted. No, he can. And Super wants to talk about the coronavirus. But but let's go back to when Kyrie was in Cleveland with LeBron James and how much of a stink that was. So much so that Kyrie's like, I got to get out of here. I got to leave here. I can't play with alongside LeBron James. And then once he leaves LeBron James, says, you know, it was my immaturity that caused that situation to go left. Let's fast forward. Let's go back to what happened in Boston. You're talking about a team that was better off when Kyrie Irving wasn't on the floor, so much so that they went to Game 7 in the Eastern Conference playoffs against LeBron James. Like, think about that. Like, that, that's, that's the Kyrie Irving that we're talking about. Go back two years ago. Kyrie Irving goes AWOL, missing from the team for weeks, doesn't notify the team of his absence, doesn't let them know when he's going to be back. There are no explanations for those incidents other than a lack of maturity and a lack of accountability for Kyrie Irving. So why is everybody trying to hang on to Kyrie's civil liberties and deciding that he doesn't want to get vaccinated? Why is everybody focusing on that as opposed to acknowledging, you know what, this guy has proven over the course of his career to be unreliable. Yeah, he's a phenomenal talent. Yeah, he's a champion because he played alongside LeBron James and he hit a big shot. But ultimately, this is about Kyrie being somebody you can depend on, being a foundational piece on a championship contender. And he hasn't shown, now that he's got the leeway that he has with the Brooklyn Nets organization, he hasn't proven that he can be relied on in that way. When you have a toddler who climbs into a car and grabs the keys and goes in and starts trying to drive the car and backs it up, and nearly gets in an accident. Mm-hmm. Do you blame the toddler, or do you blame the person who gave him the keys? I blame the person who gave him the keys. And for me, Kyrie Irving has basically showed himself to be a toddler here. So in your, in your estimation right now, given all of the different dynamics that we have talked about, how much blame does Durant actually deserve for this situation? Oh, I think he deserves a lot of blame for this situation. Because Kevin Durant is the one that essentially has empowered Kyrie Irving to behave the way that he has. I mean, if KD took a, a stance against Kyrie's, you know, lack of accountability or lack of communication with the organization, the dynamic would change. Sean Marks and Joe Sy could be much more forceful in the way that they handle Kyrie Irving. But because these two are tied at the hip, the organization, because they don't want to lose Kevin Durant, 
they're going to give Kyrie a lot more leash than they ordinarily would. So, yeah, I'd say the lion's share of this blame has to fall at the feet of Kevin Durant. 100%. And it might, and it might seem like it's unfair, but he is the best player, and he's the only one that can check Kyrie. I completely blame Durant because I look at Kyrie. Is a, is a guy responsible for his own actions? Of course. But when you continue to trust the guy who continues to burn you, and this should have been able to be seen before this situation even happened to begin with, back when they were considering coming together to play, Durant should have known that all of this kind of stuff was possible, given what Kyrie's history was. To me, when you continue to enable a situation and don't hold the other party accountable, that's on you. That's on you. And then if you further decide to just walk away and not try to fix it, that speaks even more to a lack of character in the situation. But here's what I'm trying to figure out. If you're Kyrie Irving or if you're Kevin Durant, how have the Brooklyn Nets done you wrong in all of this? They haven't. That, that, that's the part that I don't understand. It, it now seems like it's this adversarial relationship between KD, Kyrie, and Brooklyn. And I'm just trying to figure out, what did Sean Marks or Joe Sy do to make you feel a way about, about this situation, about this franchise? Because they've essentially turned the franchise over to you over the last three years and all they have to show for it, all of the money that they spent, all of the assets that they gave up, is one playoff series win. Because they had the nerve to not hand over $250 million without even asking any questions to somebody that had burned them extensively. Well, but, 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 Carlin, how can I do that knowing the way that Kyrie Irving has behaved the mm-hmm. last three years? How can I do that in any, any, with any confidence? Hell, if Kyrie owned the team, how would he feel if a player behaved the way that Kyrie has about giving him a quarter of a billion dollars? Stop yourself. Can't you? Get over yourself. Have a little bit of awareness. Understand, you know what? I've missed more games. I've missed 20 more games than I've played in over the last three years for this team. I've missed 123 games. And you want me to give them a quarter of a billion dollars? Ain't no way. Canty and Carlin in for Grinny on ESPN Radio coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Why today is the anniversary of one of the most important days in sports history. It's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. ESPN Radio. Every time I hear this song, I think about the original Batman. Oh, yeah. With, with Jack Nicholson as the Joker in the oh, museum. Yeah. I, I love that part. Tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous. I love that. Is, is, is Michael Keaton, Keaton your best Batman? No, he's not the best Batman. I would give that to Christian Bale. I would, too. But yeah, he, but Jack Nicholson is the best Joker. And, oh, Heath, and Heath, Ledger, Heath Ledger is a close second. Heath Ledger, for me, is number one because that was... Like, that dude scared the hell out of me. Oh, he did scare you. <laughs> but Jack Nicholson was so fun, though, man. Yes. And I love anything that Jack Nicholson does. No, I know. Yeah. I, I agree. I would, I would put Keaton second, though, in terms of Batman. Second as Batman? Yeah. Okay. Got, you got him further down the list, I think? Or no? No, I mean, I, I said my, my best Batman is Christian Bale. I, I yeah. agree, and yeah. I don't think it's close. Yeah. I think, he's, I think he's the best actor we have around today. With all the different Christian stuff. Bale? With all the different stuff he does, man. I don't know if I can go along with that well, one, big fella. I'm telling you. You go watch The Fighter. You go watch some of the other things that he has done. He is absolutely amazing. Okay. He is. Tr- I'm telling you. Okay. Anyway. Ebert and Roper <laughs> on Greeny. <laughs> it, it, with the draft tonight, 
A situation that hasn't been talked about a whole lot is what's going on with the Philadelphia 76ers. There's some talk that they may package the 23rd pick with Matisse Thybul to get a player, uh, a guy that can help them right away. But the more intriguing situation is what's going to happen in D.C. uh, with Bradley Beal. There have been rumors both ways as to him opting in or opting out of his contract. The Sixers are a team that is just tailor-made for Bradley Beal if they can make that happen somehow. You have to unload Tobias Harris because that contract is killing you and you got to figure out what you're doing with James Harden's deal. But, boy, Beal in a Sixers uniform, that to me would be a championship-level team. Yeah, but it's all about what you're going to have to give up to get Bradley Beal. But I, I, I could envision a scenario if you're talking about... You'd probably have a, to give up Maxi in a Bradley Beal deal, wouldn't that, you? W- which would hurt. It would which, hurt. Which would but, hurt. Which would hurt. But you're getting a better player. There's no question about that. But but now you're talking about adding the perimeter shooting, the consistency from the outside that you would need to complement what Joel Embiid does on the inside, and then James Harden being a tertiary uh, option for the offense. So I, I, I'm I'm certainly in that place with you. I, I agree with you as much as I love Tyrese Maxey and the upside. The here and now and taking advantage of Embiid's prime has to be the priority if you're Daryl Morey, and I think Brad Beal gets you closer there. So I would be all for it, but again, you're talking about having to give up a king's ransom to the Wizards in order to pull off a deal like that. I'm here for it, though. Mm. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. It is the 50th anniversary of Title IX, and one of the most important figures in women's sports history, Basketball Hall of Famer Nancy Lieberman joins us right now to discuss the impact of Title IX and what it continues to do. Nancy, we appreciate the time on what I'm sure is an exceptionally busy day. It's Chris Carlin and Chris Canty. We're, thanks again for joining us. How are you doing? It is my pleasure. I've enjoyed listening to to both of you. You're uh, you're fantastic. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, Nancy. And, you know, you have called yourself a Title IX baby. What is now, 50 years later, your thought on the significance of those 37 words put into the Education Amendment Act? Well, it is significant. Uh, I put it up there with the equal pay right, with the right to vote for women, and the Educational Act of 1972, which was signed on this day by then-President Nixon. To me, it's one of the most important pieces of legislation of the 20th century. I, I have to tell you, as much as ESPN and all you guys have you know, championed us and promoted us, you would not know who me, Sue Bird, Jackie Joyner Kersey, Mia Hamm, Serena Williams, you wouldn't have known any of us without Title IX because it changed our lives individually, it changed our lives uh, collectively. And it's just about giving young men in life and young women in life the same opportunities educationally and then athletically to be able to shine and you know, to build your confidence and self-esteem, decision-making. Um, every aspect of this is vital. And here we are 50 years later, and I will say this to my young sisters out there in every sport, don't exhale. Do not exhale. You have to continue to pick it up and to push forward until there is equal pay, until the 
federal funding is divvied up, you know, equally. We, we're not there yet. And Nancy, that's exactly where I wanted to go. I don't think anybody is going to dispute the impact that Title IX has had. When it was enacted 50 years ago, you're talking about 3% of women participating in sports. Now it's 40% of women. But I wanted to know, what is that next step in terms of the evolution of Title IX in order to be able to close the gender equality gap in sports today? Well, you guys know this, and and those are very, very important um, percentages that you just mentioned. But I was on the phone yesterday with my college coach, Marianne Stanley, who's a basketball Hall of Famer, and she was, you know, recently coaching with the Indiana Fever. Marianne Stanley, you know, almost 30-something years ago was fired at USC because she asked for equality in pay, and that's what women are afraid of. Uh, Student-athletes are afraid that their scholarships will be taken away. Coaches, administrators have been afraid that if they ruffle, you know, rough up the waters that, you know, they'll be let go. So um, women, by and large, did not pursue it. And now there's a movement and there's a voice. And even, you know, I was at the Hall of Fame two nights ago for the celebration of Title IX, and we had, you know, Tara Vanderveer and Cheryl Miller and myself and, you know, so many illustrious coaches. And Cheryl was the coach after Marianne Stanley at USC. And Cheryl just said, look, I I just didn't know. And I feel bad now that I replaced Marianne because I didn't understand what she was really fighting for. And if you go down the street and you ask parents, uh, both men and women who have children, most people don't know what Title IX is. And we're in a society right now where most people don't know about systemic racism or suppression. And we hear these buzzwords, but we really don't know what it is. And that's why it's so important that we share this information, not in an emotional way, but in a factual way. Um, You know, in 71, 1971, it was 12 to one uh, boys to girls in competition. Today in real time in 2022, at the high school level, it's up 1,000%, and at the collegiate level, it's up 600%. So it's like, you know, if they build it, they will come. Uh, it's proven fact that if a little girl plays sports before she gets to junior high, she'll have 80% chance of uh, unwanted pregnancies. Um, you know, little boys, less chance of being involved in, in gang, drug, you know, related activities. So this does help. You know, I was that kid from the hood. I was that little girl in New York with nothing, no father, no food, no no heat, no electricity. You know, people look at me like, oh, she's rich, she's famous, she's this. No, I was, I, I, I was struggling. I mean, uh, I needed sports more than sports needed me. And if I didn't have somebody like Muhammad Ali take me by the hand and mentor me since I was 19 and, and just loved me and – champion me i we're not on this call today so the answer to your question is i am the highest paid coach in the big three i make what dr j makes i make what george gervin gary payton rick barry rick mahorn because of ice cube that was one thing he said you will be paid equally to what your brothers are being paid that's not the case at the collegiate level right now. It's not the case, obviously, 
at the WNBA level and kudos to, you know, uh, USA soccer for having, you know, finally passed the, the equality and pay for women's soccer to the men. Um, women of color, my sisters earn 57 to 68 cents on the dollar in the workplace. That's unacceptable. It's not acceptable to me. And until we start getting to a place where we're respected as people, respected as women for our effort, and we're paid according, accordingly to our, 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 our brothers, we will not be where we want to be. And we're, we're, we're going. We're coming. We're, we're going to put pressure on the Office of Civil Rights. We're going to put pressure in Washington for equality and equality for all women. We need to see what the next 50 years is going to look like. Talking with Basketball Hall of Famer Nancy Lieberman on Greeny. And, Nancy, a couple of weeks back, Sue Bird and Megan Rapinoe appeared on 60 Minutes, and they talked about the wage disparity in men's sports and women's sports. And one of the things that Sue Bird mentioned was the role that increased coverage uh, uh, with the media would play in terms of generating more interest and thereby more dollars, more revenue for women's sports. From your perspective, what role does the media play in terms of being able to close that wage gap in sports? Well, it's huge. And, and again, to compliment both of you, you're doing it now by having me on. You know, I'm not the flavor of the month. I've been at this, you know, fighting for equality. You know, you know what, guys? I actually didn't know that I was a social and racial activist until maybe I've been doing this my whole life. Now I can, you know, put a little tag on to what I'm doing. And I believe in what uh, Sue Bird said. The fact that we're, you know, more WNBA WNBA games are now on ES, uh, not just ESPN, but on ABC, that's more eyeballs, or on CBS or Fox instead of being, you know, on ESPN2, or the fact that there's more streaming. It's the eyeball. You know, a serial is not a, a serial until you see it on Saturday morning cartoons for kids. And then kids are like, I, you know, I want this, I want that. You have to see who we are. You have to see what we do. And TV, the media, instead of them going, oh, wow, look, look at her beautiful body or look at Serena Williams' legs or look at – no, we know what we are. We're athletes. I mean, we're grinders. We have to look appropriately in our sport. But talk about our skill. Talk about what we did going to the basket. Talk about how we trained in the off season. But share that. Share our stories personally. You guys didn't know I was a poor kid from Far Rockaway. You probably never even knew that. You know, I didn't have Title Nine. You know, I was lucky, I should say. I'm four years past that, my first scholarship at Old Dominion University. And we were lucky we had a progressive athletic director in Dr. Jim Jarrett who wanted equality with our men and women's team. And they made us feel good about who we are. And, you know, we were 125 and 15 my four years at ODU, and we won three championships, you know, the NIT, back-to-back national championships. And, you know, we needed somebody who garnered the media. We're the first collegiate team in the history of women's basketball to be on live TV in our championship games in 79 and 80. Everything else was tape delay. And now you can see how beautiful the games are, the sellouts, the enormous talent. 
uh, what Dawn is doing at USC and, and, and Tara, you know, still grinding uh, for championships at, at Stanford. People need to see us. And, and here's the best part. We're getting your kids. We're getting second and third generation. And now these amazing dads are having their daughters and sisters, right? Like Russell Wilson's sister played at Stanford. And you're, you're, the, the loss of Kobe was just, oh, it was enormous because he was such a champion of women's sports and he was going to make a difference just like you guys are. And uh, we have the best commissioner in sports in Adam Silver and he wants equality and he's pushing hard for not only women in the NBA, but more benefits, higher pay in the WNBA. And all that said, we're minorities. Nancy, listen, there is no question the impact that you have had, but as you have just outlined the work that continues to need to be done, but celebrating 50 years of something so incredibly important uh, in, in sports and in society, we can't thank you enough for your, your work toward it and your accomplishments in it, and we appreciate your time today. No, thank you. I, I feel blessed to be where I am and to help our sport. But I do thank you because we're in this together. So have a great day. Enjoy Title IX, and mm-hmm. thanks for celebrating with us. Thank you. Nancy Lieberman on this anniversary, 50th anniversary of Title IX being added uh, to the Education Amendment in 1972. And those Love her earlier. passion. Love her passion, Absolutely. big fella. I mean, Absolutely. She didn't... She didn't Mince words when she talked about the work that needs to be done. And I'm glad that we had the opportunity to highlight that on the show today. That was that was awesome. It's yeah. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Chris has got this from ZipRecruiter. Remember the first time you discovered something amazing? Like when you saw your first summer blockbuster in a theater or you watched your favorite band live in concert. Well, what if that could happen to you with your job? Maybe there's a job that was made for you. ZipRecruiter can help you find it. Like a personal recruiter, ZipRecruiter works for you to find a great job or discover new opportunities that are the right fit for you. ZipRecruiter also pitches your profile to employers, and they can invite you to apply for jobs. Sign up right now for free at ZipRecruiter.com. NBA draft tonight, and we are just hours away from it. We've got all the coverage right here on ESPN Radio beginning at 7 o'clock. You've got Kesty, Mark Kestisher, you've got PJ Carlissimo, you've got Alan Hahn, you've got Corey Alexander, all a part of our coverage tonight, and also at 7.30 on ESPN with Malika Andrews and Woj and Perk and Bobby Marks and Jay Billis to get you ready and to really break this all down tonight. So, with the most intriguing aspect of this draft right now, looking like the Sacramento Kings at four will have the opportunity to trade that pick with a, a shot at Jaden Ivey to one of the, any number of teams. Will the New York Knicks, Chris, be that team tonight that finds their way to the number four spot? They have to. They have to. And if you listen to Bobby Marks break it all down, he said that the Knicks do have young players that would be attractive to the Sacramento Kings. Now, how many of those guys do they actually want to give up? What their appetite for that is? We don't know. But what we do know is the Knicks have got to solve the riddle of who their point guard is going to be. They haven't been able to figure that out for a couple of decades. 
that could be Leon Rose's biggest contribution to this franchise so far. He hadn't taken a big swing yet, no. Carlin. Tonight could be the night where he actually gets that done. Chris, this is the guy. This is the guy that they have to get. They have to figure out how to do it. Outside of R.J. Barrett, to me, it's all on the table. Forget about Jalen Brunson. Jaden Ivey needs to be a Nick tonight. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.